0: How are we doing, everybody? My name is Jeff Hoke, as always, here with Chris Henrique and Kevin Perdios, here for another episode of Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. Uh, we had to take a week off, uh, but we are back, though, and uh, the Bruins are back. The Bruins are back home tomorrow night. Uh, this will be posted later tonight, so it'll be tomorrow night. Uh, but the gauntlet stretch is over, boys. Uh, they went 6-2-1 six, and, six, two and one over that stretch over that nine game stretch uh, with uh, the only uh, the tie coming against the Vegas golden Knights and losing in a shootout. So I'm going to jump right in here uh, and we'll start with you, Chris. What was your take on that uh, nine game gauntlet stretch that we were, you know, kind of worried about going in?
1: I mean, you know, they're, Sorry, I'm trying to reconnect here. Um, I mean, overall, I mean, there was some disappointment in there. Obviously, the the game against the Coyotes, you got to kind of have that when you're playing a team, um, you know, when you're playing a team like that. But I mean, overall, I mean, I'm not overly disappointed. You're going to have a stretch where it looked like they came back down Earth a little bit. Um, I definitely will continue to kind of harp on as to what we talked about, I think, in our last episode when we mentioned – they need to stay out of the penalty box with certain guys. Um, and I still think that uh, stays true. Uh, All Mark though, looked phenomenal again during the stretch uh, that he played, um, you know, kind of looking like a Vesna candidate. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would say overall, you know, um, they kind of came back down to earth a little bit, but this team is still cream of the crop. In my opinion, in the NHL, I, I, the devil's what they're doing. It's cute. You know what I mean? Fun to write about. Um, it's going to sell, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, sweatshirts for, uh, for Santa to put under the tree, but that that's team's not serious. So the the Bruins are the cream of the crop of the NHL right now. My last piece though, um, if they, play, let's just say they go to the cup and they play Vegas that's a seven game series oh. that's going to be a seven game series where we're going to be on the edge of our seats the entire time just based off the game that we saw them play against Boston at home and then in that game the other night. So, uh, looking forward to hopefully that being the case.
0: Oh man, I, I do not know what I would, my, my heart would not be able to take a Vegas Vegas and Boston series, but, uh, Kevin for you, uh, we talked a little bit about Linus Olmark here and we're going to dive into that in a little while on the other side of the uh, on the other side, you have Jeremy Swayman who's been, who's been, you know, hits he's in the middle of a sophomore slump. Let's put it like that. It's his, the sophomore slump is real here. And, you know, it's, he's kind of hitting, oh, hitting it like a brick wall, you know, and it appears, you know, they have, uh, the team has more confidence when they play in front of, leanest all mark than they do when they play in front of jeremy swayman i don't want to say that they hang him out to dry but they do tend to uh you know let up a little bit more when jeremy swayman is in net but what's your take on the jeremy swayman you know kind of a sophomore slump right now
2: yeah i think it's just that like he he's in a little bit of a funk i i don't i don't get behind this bashing of swayman that like people well we need a trade and we need to no, he he's a young kid. Um, you know, we got all over, we got all over um, all Mark last year for for being bad, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and look at him this year. You know, I think I think Swainman still is the future. I think he's shown potential that he can and will develop into a very good goaltender. I just think right now he's. He's struggling and he's not getting really, really any help in front of him, like you said. It kind of it kind of seems like when they when he's in net, they're the Bruins are gripping and making more mental mistakes, whatever it may be. Whereas Allmark with when he's in net, they they can relax and they're 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 not as tense. So it results in better better decision making, better hockey being played. Um but I'm I'm not crossing media as we say all the time in our group chats and even on here. It it, it needs to relax. Swayman's going to be a good goalie and is a good good goalie and we just got to bear with them and allow Allmark to kind of carry it for now until Swayman figures it back out.
0: So so Chris, where where are you on this? Uh, on uh, what side of the bridge are you on right now? Are you in the middle of the bridge or are you on the you know you ready to jump like you know half of on Twitter right now.
1: No, I, I think that we got to relax. You know what I mean? We're, we're seeing that Olmark is playing an outstanding, you know, um, is playing outstanding in net. And I think the, I think just other fans want to see Swayman do the same exact thing. And that's completely unrealistic. You know what I mean? Like Swayman right now is a good quality backup, um, you know, into what you guys have illustrated. And we've talked about a few times so far, the season on the show, um, you know, it, at, at times he's he's been a little underwhelming but he also is how many games has he played since he since he's come back from his injury 4 uh, 5 four.
0: yeah 4 or you 5 you I mean like
1: so i you know i would just say that like let's pump the brakes a little bit be, we should be thankful right now that we arguably have a top 5 goaltender in the national hockey league that's playing out of his mind and you know swayman it would be nice to not have little hiccups, but it's going to happen. But I mean, Sweman just looks like a, like a backup right now. Let let him get more games under his, under his feet. Gets a few more games under his feet, come back from that injury. You know what I mean? If we're 10, 12 games in and, and since, you know, him being out and all of a sudden he still is looking a little rough, then okay. I think the conversation needs to be, you know, the conversation can be centered to that, but right now I'm not worried about Jeremy Swayman. I'm worried about keeping guys like Posternak out of the box I'm worried about making sure the defense can stay healthy. Maybe the Bruins can get another defenseman. Those are the things that I would rather be worried about than adding a goaltender that doesn't need to be. We, we don't need to worry about it. And, and if I can also throw out there, too, if swimming can't cut it, I mean, Kincaid's looked great down in Providence and could be serviceable as well. We're talking about a backup. Like, it's a good problem to have when we're complaining the backup is struggling.
0: Yeah, it could be worse. It could be Yaroslav Halak down in the New York Rangers that's just, you know, not working out whatsoever. I think he gave him, like seven goals the other day. So you I mean, know what could
1: be worse too? But uh, being a major baseball franchise looking for a shortstop, that's bad too. So just be thankful that we're that we're complaining about not having a you know what's going on with the backup gold. That's head.
0: very true. And if you want to uh, hear anything about that, check out the other podcast on Beyond the Monster. Uh, because uh the Red Sox podcast because there's a lot to talk about in that aspect of things. And we're gonna stay away from that in this aspect of things. We
1: always tie in baseball in some I, I,
0: Yeah, no, that's fine tying it took, in, in that way, but I don't need to go into under a,
2: 10 minutes or to cross sports <laughs> I don't
0: need I don't need to go into a 20-minute conversation on that whole thing right now because I'm still trying to get over that whole thing. That point aside now. Um, so let's so obviously Linus has been playing really well. And he's sixteen to one. I believe he has like a nine four seven save percentage, something insane like that. Um, he just—I don't know what he what he did over the off season, but he just whatever whatever he did, it was it worked out. Uh, and he—you got Kevin. He's got to be front runner for the Vesna Trophy right now, right?
2: Yeah, I think um, friend of the show Jamie tweeted it out earlier today of like if this continues, um. He's got to be in the Vesna conversation, and I said he should win the Vesna. Like if this if this continues and and the jump he's made and um the jump the Bruins have made, I I don't think it's a matter of could he win. I think it's a matter of he should win. And and really, I I'm gonna steal this from 98.5, But what we don't realize is the. Um, this Bob Asina, the goalie coach that's been here for 20 years. Yep. They this dude's pretty damn good at his job, apparently, because the Bruins have always had a really good goaltender for the last 15, 20 years. When you're going from Tom like Raycroft to Thomas to Puka, you know, you know, we've always had really good goalies. I, I know we, if you ask the Boston fans are probably say otherwise but the grand scheme of things we have right and I think this guy has um a lot to do with it if not everything to do with it so this jump that Allmark's making I think it has a lot to do with him you got a full year under your belt working with him uh so it seems to be working and Swayman being the same way it's he's now entering that second year with them so I think this could be we could see a jump from uh Swayman next year or even halfway through this year, like Chris was saying. Give him give him 15 games coming back from injury and see what happens. But um keeping it on all, Mark, yeah, I, I think if this continues and he continues to play the way he is, one hundred percent needs to win the Vesna, not just be in the conversation.
0: I mean, Chris, what 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 other goalies are would be even in consideration right now for the Vesna? Because honestly, I, I think it I think it's Right now I think it's Linus Allmark and then the field after that because it just doesn't seem like there's any goalie that is like really playing up to what the level
1: of Linus is right now. I mean, well he's certainly he set he's currently set the bar, right? Which is good to see. It's we haven't I mean honestly, when's the last time that a Bruins goaltender was in serious conversation for this award? I mean, obviously it would have to be Tuca, but I can't really remember what year that would be off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, like, Tuka you, won it. Didn't Tuco win it? I was going to say it. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty 11? sure he wanted it. Uh, no, was it um, like 13 or 14?
2: Yeah, he won in one of the years. I want to say it was 13.
0: It might have been the year they lost. Yeah, I think it was the year they lost in the Stanley Cup. But you,
2: you, again, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think Thomas had to have been, right? I don't know. But, you, you yeah, continue with your point, because that's a good one. I mean, I... I... <laughs>
1: The dude from the from the Rangers kind of to me still is kind of like the cream of the crop. Um, while you guys were talking, I actually I really quick I was I looked up a, a quick article and this this article here this is I mean it's from the middle of October doesn't even mention Linus Allmark as even being a potential you know candidate for that award. But I I would say right now I'm going to be selfish and say that our guy is kind of is kind of you know the leader in the clubhouse. I would. Say it's him to, you know, his to lose at the moment. Um, he's got a handful of things going for him. He's playing outstanding, and the team is a wagon. And as long as the key, as long as this team, you know, keeps doing the things that they're doing as well, you know, and his defense too, you know, as much as you know, I did say like I'm worried about the defense just really from an injury perspective, keeping those guys upright and healthy. Um, it just goes to show you that how good this team can be and how good this goaltending can be. When this when this defense is is truly healthy, and, and just imagine if they add one more guy, like one more legitimate defenseman, that you can put on there, and for that second pairing, you know what I mean. Like I know we have you know visions of uh, Patrick Kane dancing in our heads, or at least I do. But you go and get a really really top solid defenseman to go along with the guys they have, he will be shot shouting that trophy on a regular basis uh, during the summer.
0: Eric, uh, Eric, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy on the Sharks, uh, gustav Carlson. Eric Carlson. Yeah. Oh, you kidding me?
1: (laughs) Uh, Anyway. um, So this team, oh wait, that's the wrong sport. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Did it again. Did it again.
1: Whoops. (laughs) Um, So this team has come
0: overcome a lot of adversity and this was a tough stretch for them, obviously, but they did go six, two and one. Uh, That home streak was snapped in there by uh, Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights. Technically, it was broken. Hypothetically, it was a tie. If you want to use hockey terms, uh, it, they are 14 0 and one at home. I'm just saying, just putting that out there, they technically have not lost at home yet, but that's besides the point. Uh, so Bruce Cassidy, uh, they they split home, they they split that series home and home, uh, and just over that stretch, they the only game that really kind of concerned me that was the coyotes game. And first of all, that broadcast was just absolutely atrocious. And that whole setup arena is just absolutely atrocious. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. You can literally hear the Arizona Coyotes uh broadcast from the Nesson broadcast, and I'm pretty sure that's like illegal, but I mean, what <laughs> what 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 are you gonna do? Um, but let's 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 use that game as a uh pinpoint here for a second because it really it really showed a lot of their problems I feel in a way of it really opened up and showed that they had some flaws uh it like Kevin like Kevin and Chris have been uh pounding on in the last couple episodes is the pe- fact that they keep going to the penalty box and it seemed to happen a lot again in that Arizona game and that being that they were <clears throat> giving up goals left and right because of that so Kevin uh to you, uh, does that Arizona game worry you at all about the fact of how they played or is it kind of just like a blip on the radar?
2: Yes and no, right? Like we, I think I put it in the group chat when we were talking about it. it seems like a great game for them to lose. You know, half kidding around, it's kind of that, that trap game where you know you're playing really well and all right, this is a team we're just going to roll over and – and kind of roll over on and and crush. And you know, it's it, the end of the day, it's still an NHL team for like as much as we want to argue if they're a legit team or not, but they're still an NHL team. Um, so it's worrisome, and those are the type of games where like you, you do need to win, regardless of the hot start we've gotten out to. You you can't go in Arizona and lose. Like they're they're they the bottom of the barrel when it's the NHL. Those, those are the games you you gotta make sure you always win. The one that really was more worrisome for me was the first Vegas game when that I was in attendance of. And and it was like the first half of the game, we sucked, bottom line. We were not playing good. We looked awful in front of the net. We had no offensive pressure. It, it was the entire game for the first half of the game was, was in Boston zone. And, and it's partly because of being in the penalty box, taking stupid penalties, being on the power, uh, being on the penalty kill. It, it's just constant. All right, we have to play catch up now. And and it's the same thing. You allowed Arizona to score first in um, the game we were just talking about. So it, for how good you are, you can't be playing from behind and you can't be playing shorthanded majority of the game against good teams like Vegas, Tampa, um, you know, the, the top tier teams. If you're always in the penalty box, if you're always playing from behind, eventually you're going to lose these games more often than not you are. And you, we bowed back. We showed great poise to face a little bit of adversity and come back against a good team like Vegas to tie it up and, and, get a point out of that but at the end of the day it it's it's it was a couple tough games where we were lucky to get um the points where we did uh, at least out of those two
0: yeah no definitely uh chris i'll I'll, uh before we move on to uh the big topic i want to talk about uh let's move on uh what what any say on that for you
1: yeah, you know, <clears throat> that game, there's a couple of things. One is just more awareness in that game would have helped that team. You know what I mean? Like that play in the game where Saman thought it was going to be icing, which ultimately led to a goal. Um, you know, that type of situational awareness uh, needs to be better, and that's something that uh, Montgomery did talk about at the end of the game. You know what I mean? You can't rely on hoping that, you know, icing is going to be called, whatever it might be. You need to just be – You know, you need to play the puck and be aware. That's number one. Uh, Number two, you know what I mean? The defense and uh, the whole team, rather, needs to not play down to that competition. You know what I mean? That's a lesser team. You won 19 straight games against them, and and, and now that streak is broken. Um, You know, at at the end of the day, I I don't think this is going to be a game that's going to come back to haunt them. But if they start to lose to teams of this, you know, caliber, And on a consistent basis due to, you know, knucklehead um, mentality and not just playing smart in situational hockey and things like that, then that's a different conversation. But right now, uh, chalk it up as, you know, Swayman needs to be better, needs to play smarter, and overall as a team needs to be better. I will say, though, getting to now watch the game and a team play there I kind of think it's cool. It's kind of like a little, you know, intimate setting. You know what I mean? Like you have 5,000 people that are really engaged, clearly, because there was a massive brawl that broke out. Um, but you've got people that are really engaged in, in, in the game. Um, kind of goes to show you that, not saying that we need to have 5,000-seat arenas, but I think we talked about this a couple of weeks back. You know, does this open the door for the NHL to maybe do like little satellite games here or there in, in smaller venues to... um just try to, you know, bring more awareness to the game or, you know, maybe there's a market that doesn't support hockey well and you want to try that elsewhere. It kind of opens up that door to that. But um, I thought that was kind of cool just watching that fight really quick on, uh, on, on Twitter and seeing that kind of, I just want to know like what leads to that, like to where, you know, you're rolling down five rows, punching dudes are punching women people are biting fingers off someone Who
0: someone knew? someone on 95 talked to rich this morning mentioned that uh uh someone someone mentioned someone's wife and then it, after that it just went
1: went off the rails i, I don't know the full story well, but it was usually- a wild fight if you get an opportunity to to hop on social media barstool Whatever you, you'll you be able to catch just that, to, it was just type in uh,
0: coyotes fight because literally someone lost
1: a finger during it, according to the GM a, of the Coyotes. A, a wild scrum in the uh in the seats while there was a pretty good you know, while there's a hockey game on in front of him. But all right, we can move on.
0: Went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Speaking of yeah. fights, uh, so the big topic of the week, uh, outside of this whole Berwyn's uh 6 2 and 1 uh road trip sh- uh, stretch. Has been the Chara versus uh, Biesca fiasco being brought up again. Uh, Char, just a little backstory. Uh, so Daniel Chara went on a podcast uh, and was asked about the 2011 Stanley Cup. He said in Game Six, he heard uh, from people that the Vancouver Canucks uh, went out onto the ice before the game, like a couple hours before the game started, to uh, practice hoisting the cup, and how they would hand it off. Uh, that being said, uh, they took exception exception of that, and obviously the rest is history on that end. Uh, Kevin Bieska, who is on Sportsnet up in uh, Montreal, Canada, uh, decided to shoot back saying how uh, uh, that never happened and that, you know, uh, Chara knows better that and that we were a bunch of respectful people around here. And that, that's honestly hilarious to think that, you know, Vancouver Canucks players think they're respectful because I'm pretty sure uh, you had the Satan twins on your team and you literally had a dude try to bite uh, Bergeron's finger off, if I remember correctly, during a fight. So uh, I just want to – I know you guys haven't really looked into it a lot, but for what you have heard, Kevin, what, what is your take on this whole, you know, the the fact that the Vancouver Canucks – 2011 season
2: is back in the talking points again. Yeah, I think it's just it it's noise. That's all it is. It's pointless noise. Um, the fact that anyone would say Vancouver is cla- uh, classy, I guess, they're, they're missing a huge element of that happened after they lost. They burnt their damn city to the ground. Because <laughs> they lost So like I, I don't I I don't really Have to say anything else besides Look at how you lost that game <laughs> Or like look what your city did after you lost So If you don't know how to handle Losses how can you call yourself Classy you know and so At um, the end of the day, day. I, I Is it true I don't know Either way Does it really matter like, I wouldn't be shocked if it is true, and if it's not, so what? Like, I, I don't – knowing Char and knowing him being here for 15 years, <laughs> forever, it seems like it. I doubt he just pulled this one out of his seven-foot ass or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't make this up. He's got better things to do. He's got better things to worry about. Um, my thing is they're, they're probably just embarrassed it got out. So yeah, they're gonna have to cover their asses. But at the at the end of the day, he shouldn't have said anything. Char like Char makes those comments great. You don't respond to him. Just let it. Let yeah. it. Yeah. It's so long ago that you just let it go. And the fact that you're commenting on it and feel you have to defend it means I'm leaning that it happened. And I don't, I'm not surprised. I guarantee you the Sedin twins were the ones leading the charge in that because they have no idea how to handle victories or defeat. So they're the masterminds behind that one. I'm playing so, into this.
0: So, Chris, so Chris, before, before I toss it to you, this is what was said. Uh, this is what, you know, uh, Biesca said. I don't think you have to spend a lot of time discrediting that this did not happen because logistically it's impossible. You think about all the media that's there covering the finals and all the competitiveness of trying to find some story that is different from the other person's. Clearly, someone would have reported that or had it on camera. And then he also said, originally, I was upset to hear before uh, hear this because it's a bit of a, an attack on our character as a team and an organization, but also our leadership group. You're talking about three first ballot Hall of Famers and the Saden twins and Luongo. You're talking about Manny. Dan and myself to think that we would allow something like that to happen, let alone participate in it. I'm disappointed to hear that Chris, take it away.
1: I guess my question would be is um, has any of those players you just mentioned as of this recording um, come out and also discredit what Char said? No. Has anybody from the Canucks front office who might've still been with the team coach Anybody in the media, I know he talked about saying, you know, in this age of media, but also 2011 and what, 11 is 11 years ago and media has changed quite a bit in 11 years. Yeah. Uh, two, would it shock me? No, not at all. This is the Canucks you talk about. That team, if the Bruins weren't playing them in the Stanley Cup, I would have still, I would have, I'm going to catch myself. I just caught something in the filter. Hold off on what I was about to say. Um. I would have rooted for anybody else. Like I'd root for the Canadians over the Vancouver Canucks. That team was so unlikable, so unlikable. So is there probably some exaggeration on the part of Zidane Chara? Sure. Is there probably some defense in there from from the dude from the Canucks because there's maybe some validity to it? Sure. But I got to tell you what, if if I'm a player in any sport, I don't care who they are. If, if a leader on the team says, hey, we're going to go practice hoisting up the championship trophy, I got to tell you what, I think at that point, you know, rookie to a veteran, you got to say, uh, how about no? Like, how about no? You know what I mean? Like, wow. Well, so... It it makes for an interesting storyline. It's not really going to create much uh, much hyper buzz when the Canucks and the Bruins play each other because it's you know there's not many of the players left on the Canucks side even on that team, um or but the Bruins obviously there's what Marchand and Bergeron etc. So I'm sure there was an exaggeration in some capacity on both sides, and uh, I think just to to the point that we were just kind of talking about, I'm inclined to believe the captain and until proven otherwise so
0: so t- Chuck and Rich were saying this morning that uh you know you know practicing raising the cup is like practicing sex on your wife it's just <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous to even even do as in what, like especially in in the TD Garden of all places i mean come on i you, you know you already blew a lead already and you're you're doing this shit dude come on and i, I you know that whole that old see that whole playoff. Uh, there was always there was always a, uh, every every round there was one player that you know we always hated. There was always that one guy on each team that that we faced that we hated, and I for for me for the Canucks it was the Sadan Twins because I, mm. I could not stand them, could not stand them one bit. But you know, like we said, it's over with now. It's an interesting conversation because it's just hilarious that Biesca is getting all. His panties all up in a bunch over this. When, like Kevin said, he could have just said nothing and we would not have to worry about this. And, but, you know, he decided to make a fool of himself. So, uh, so let's wrap up the show. Uh, we got an upcoming schedule before our Christmas show on Monday, next Monday. Uh, can't believe it's almost Christmas already, boys. My God. Um, so we have four game stretch, four game home stretch. You got the Isles tomorrow. Then you got the Kings. Then you got the Blue Jackets. Then you got the Panthers. What are we thinking here? Last uh the last stretch uh that we predicted uh it was, uh Jamie got it correct with two and one. You two had three-no. Oh. So not bad, not bad. So over this four game stretch, guys, what, what are you thinking? Uh Chris, we'll start with you.
1: All right, so we're going up to the what date now? The twenty uh, the twentieth. It'd
0: be Monday the twentieth, I believe.
1: The nineteenth. 19th. Okay. 19th. Yes, nineteenth, 19th, sorry. So the Isles, the Kings, the Blue Jackets, the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to go three and one. I mean, until this team, I would say shows elsewise. Um, they played well against the Panthers all season in, in, the, in the few meetings they went against them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the W there. Um, you know, I thought when they played the Columbus Blue Jackets, wasn't it on like a back-to-back? I thought yes. that would have been uh you know a game and the Bruins just came out and they blew the, the doors off them. It's the first time they're playing the Kings this season. So I would probably say if they were to lose any of those, maybe the Kings. They go three and one, take care of business against the Islanders, coming off of a a, a good win against the the Golden Knights. If anything, like I said, maybe lose the Kings one, but you're good from there. And then uh and then get ready for Santa. No, you're definitely. I'm with you on
0: that. Three one sounds about right. Although I'm gonna uh, say that one loss is gonna be to the Islanders because that's always their fucking thorn in their side. Is that's true too? The fucking Islanders every goddamn time, whether it's home, whether it's away, they always play them so bad. I will never under at least under Bruce Cassidy they played them so bad every fucking time. So I'm gonna go three one in the aspect of uh, them losing to tomorrow to the Islanders because a, they've been playing better. Uh, and you know, B they're just, it's a kryptonite. I still don't understand that, but Kevin, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I think you're, you're kind of right. The game that scares me, um, it's probably the Islanders game just because I don't know what happens when, whenever we see them, we just, I don't know. We can't get our heads out of our asses. So, um, but I, I want to, I just, You guys are both going three and one. I want to be different. I think we're going four and zero. I think, um, I think we end up winning these games. And then the the one that's really going to be the close one is is Florida. Obviously, um, I'll go a step further. I think that's a we beat Florida four three.
0: Ooh, I do want to say, I do want to say, Kevin, Kevin narrowly missed the sin bin. Narrowly missed the sin bin. What did I do? Last Monday, he went to. So we 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 called off the podcast last week because Kevin went to the Vegas Golden Knights Bruins game at the TD Garden. They almost like they went down. I think two three nothing at one two nothing at one point. And quick,
2: it was a quick two nothing. It, it was a
0: quick two nothing, and the first thing Chris texted us, "Kevin, you might have to go in the sin bin." They redeemed themselves. It was it was a goddamn close <laughs> close sin bin. Sure, for you there, but we have yet to have anyone in the sin bin in our two seasons. So,
1: and also the Bruins are 0 1 when I see Bruce Cassidy at Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Yeah, also, yeah, just n- no more mingling with Bruce Cassidy when he's at Dunkin' God damn yeah, it. Yeah, I,
2: I think, I think they were down 3 nothing to start. Yeah, I, I, I looked at, I was with my, uh, I was with my dad at the game and I looked at him and said, uh oh, but nothing to Vegas is that's a big hole, man. That's not like uh
0: that they we were able to come back from that it was very yeah. highly impressive. And,
2: and the other thing was just quickly within that within that game. Yep. The shootout order was very weird. I was one I was thinking and that too. I was we were kind of saying like uh you're gonna win or lose, and you got the guys you're going don't really make much sense here. So um like, again, yeah, I know I know Bergeron's not a goal scorer, but like you don't have Bergeron go. It's not like it was you lost on three guys. It, it went pretty deep and you don't have Bergeron go. It, yeah. it was interesting. Not like again, I honestly think if you're at that point, I don't care what the order is, you deserve you, you know, whatever the outcome is is the outcome. Don't allow it to get to that point. But
0: they had so Bergeron many chances goes, to win it overtime that game, right, too. Right. Like yeah, Logan Thompson just went absolutely berserk. In overtime. I think they had like a uh just a blitz of like six shots at once at one point. Oh, it was just nuts. I think there was like a what a four on three at one point that they had. It's just yeah, no, it's an unfortunate, but hey, they they got a point out of it. That's all that matters. But you know, would have been nice to get too. But you know, we'll be back next week. Uh we're gonna get Jamie back on next week, maybe uh maybe another person. Uh it's our Christmas episode, so we gotta celebrate the holidays the right way. Uh, and you know, I'll be thankful for you know, the Bruins playing well and uh, the Celtics playing well and the other two Boston teams not playing well. Uh, so with that being said, as always, I'm Jeff Oak, that's Chris Enrique, and that's Cameron Ferdios. And this has been Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. And we will see you guys next week.